Hello guys, welcome back to the Let's Talk Agriculture podcast show. It's your favorite host once again, Sharon Idahosa. This week, we're talking about the blockchain technology because I believe it's an amazing, amazing we should really get to learn about it. This is just one way to put out information about this amazing sector and um, yes that's the reason why we're still on this on this particular topic so um, for this there is an amazing lady that i admire so much in the world of blockchain who of course is doing uh, phenomenal things with individuals with businesses all around the globe she believes that perspective is key hence our continuous connections with founders developers business builders innovators and right now i have a feeling that that's the reason for the voices of blockchain is that true linda is that why you um talk about the voices of blockchain i mean because you have this (laughs) yeah well the voices of blockchain are the global voices of people that are contributing from their perspectives from their expertise from what they know in the area the sector the vertical the locations that they come from and and that's global and all of us need that global perspective and in part that's why the the blockchain chamber of commerce exists it's to raise awareness facilitate adoption and inspire advocacy and in order to do that we we have to communicate so the voices of blockchain is a really integral part of that thank you very much i i i think i was able to get that part when i saw on your profile about your idea about perception perception of different people and i realized okay now now i get it i get it correctly that's the reason for the voices of blockchain and having the different perspective of industry experts to share their insights and give their opinions from their different um, points of views and i think it's really an amazing thing to do um i really admire what we're doing with the voices of blockchain yes i really admire but sure and I would be uh, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that Tracy Levine is the editor of the the voices of blockchain publication and she has phenomenal expertise background um, is the the president of the board for the blockchain Chamber of Commerce and is is really an outstanding leader in the blockchain space as well. Oh, that's great. I've, I, I, I think I've uh, encountered Tracy twice and I'm really, really, should I say, uh, I can't say jealous, no. I'm pleased she's doing and it's it's super amazing. I mean, with what she's putting together, reaching out to different experts to, of course, share their insights. I mean, that's that's really amazing thing to do. And of course, kudos um tracy even though you're not here we are still going to give you the accolades that you deserve (laughs) okay um to the show um before we move forward i think it's really um cool to have um linda to share something about herself let's hear from what she has been doing so far 
and um, of course she has so much to say and if we want to sit down to listen we are not gonna end this podcast right now but of course we are still going to give you the platform to tell us about you what makes you you what makes you linda gets let's hear about you thank you very much Thank you, Sharon. And it, it's it's a pleasure to to be connecting. My my parents were actually in in Ghana for a number of years, and my oldest sister was born there. And then I was actually made in Peru, in South America, uh, on an organic farm, and have been very connected to nature and to just experiencing the the world from. A variety of perspectives on a number of continents and it really has shaped uh, who I am and uh, how I connect with humans globally. So the, the, the transition into blockchain technology from just education was one that uh, came back in 2012 and uh, I just saw something new and said what is that? Uh, you know, I had no idea that the Bitcoin blockchain even existed and there was a pop-up on a computer screen that was for a Bitcoin faucet and, you know, wanted you to download a wallet and, you know, play these games and uh, I didn't do that. Uh, I just got really curious and started researching and uh, it's it's been a rabbit hole that I've, I've been down um, from multiple angles uh, over the, the past 10 years and have uh, been in a wonderful position to see the ecosystem grow, to see literally thousands of blockchain implementations, um, you know, blossom projects all over the world. Some that, you know, should have died a, a quick death, some that are, you know, really taking advantage of people and, and shouldn't exist but uh, many that have been really positive and have helped improve different processes and business, supply chains, um, financial services. We're just seeing a lot of positive growth in that area. And so when I connected with the, the Blockchain Chamber of Commerce founding team back in 2007, no, it was beginning of 2018, they uh, had an event I attended, and uh, that's when I found out that I was what's considered an early adopter of blockchain. They had people raising their hands, you know, regarding how long they had owned cryptocurrencies. And, you know, most people, you know, think about the hype cycle of 2017, you know, a bunch of people raise their hand for one month, three months, you know, six months, hands start going down um, a year. There's not very many people holding their hand up anymore, maybe two, three. And, uh, and I, I just was there with my hand up until they got to five years and, and everyone was looking at me and I was going, oh, goodness, I have... I, I got involved with this technology, you know, way ahead of the curve. And um, it was a little, you know, wake up call for me to um, to understand that the need for raising awareness and facilitating adoption was still so great. And so the, the connection with the chamber leadership, um, you know, just started from there. And 
Uh, I've had the, the pleasure of being part of its growth and transition to a, a nonprofit, which is something I'm, I'm really proud of. And we, we do seek to serve the community and fulfill our social mandate, which is raising awareness, facilitating adoption and inspiring advocacy. So agriculture is a big impact zone for blockchain technology. So I'm, I'm really happy sharing to share this time with you. And uh, hopefully I can I can be helpful to your community, better understanding the, the impact of blockchain and agriculture. Thank you very much. You see, guys, I told you, I told you she has so much to say and we are just getting started right now. <laughs> Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, I, I can actually see that you were the one of the earlier doctors and also those the inquisitive entrepreneur and that's really um commendable it's it's super exciting to see that you have actually been involved with blockchain technology since 2018 i think yeah, i was just 2012, I, 2012. <laughs> 2012. yeah okay <laughs> okay then then uh, then mine is nothing compared i think i just started hearing about it um two years ago and yes being an inquisitive entrepreneur i was wondering what is this and when i got into it i realized that it is actually far from just the cryptocurrency that people talk about and I, I saw there was more to it than just the cryptocurrency because if anybody hears blockchain it's cryptocurrency they, they just think immediately and knowing that um it plays crucial role to different industries of course like agriculture and then logistics and supply i mean i think i had a conversation with eric before and he was able to throw more light about the contributions of blockchain to the supply chain um, industry as well. So seeing that there are so many industries that the um, blockchain technology is affecting is in a good way. Yes, please. <laughs> it is it's really amazing to know. Yes. Okay. So, um, I mean, how was your involvement with uh, blockchain technology benefited diverse businesses and individuals? I know you have impacted um, individuals, you've impacted businesses. Um, can you like give a scenario of um, what exactly you've done to impact um, individuals, your contribution towards a particular um business i don't know if if this works out for you because i know i didn't tell you this but don't mind i'm very sorry i'm such i'm such a chatterbox and sometimes i just think and bring out questions that i don't tell anybody about <laughs> so no worries no worries at all sharon and yes that's been one of the the really big positives of having been an early adopter uh, many people know you know what the valuation of bitcoin has done over the past 10 years and during that time frame, I was able to, along with my husband, make investing decisions that allowed us to support various businesses and startups, ones that are really impactful. Um, one I'll highlight is DFM DataCorp. And DFM DataCorp was founded to provide a neutral utility for the dynamic freight matching industry and to support the transparency yet privacy that's needed in sharing transactions and, and 
transfers of goods that that need to be connected. You need the driver, tractor, trailer load to be put together in the most efficient manner. And the digitalization of the supply chain industry is something that is is being recognized as a as a real need internationally so that we actually have standards bodies starting to come together in consortia saying we need these standards in place and uh, i was privileged to meet michael darden who was the patent writer back in i think it was 2003 uh, of, a, of a patent that defined dynamic freight matching, that digital connection between all of the moving pieces of the supply chain. And he is using that patent to help support the, the more efficient connectivity of the industry. And that brings down costs that we, we've looked at numbers that show us that there's probably gonna be 30% reduction in the, the wasted time trying to call and connect loads and drivers and tractors that that are already booked um this is this is something that you know just the efficiencies that are enabled is is really really empowering so uh being a, an investor into solutions that are helping solve for global problems is something that uh, yeah has, has been a really wonderful side effect of my decision to engage uh, you know, with blockchain technology through Bitcoin uh, as an early adopter. It's, it's been fun. Uh, there's other companies like Provide Services. Um, you can find them at provide.services. Um, they're providing a layer to transaction that allows, you know, micro payments, uh, using cryptocurrencies, um, you know, message bus, uh, privacy efficiencies that you know, if you think about the Ethereum blockchain, most people think, oh, high gas fees. Um, you know, when you go to, to layer two and layer three solutions, you can actually remove that pain point and um, really have uh, much higher throughput and efficiency, um, you know, energy use reduction. Uh, so I'm, I'm very happy to participate in projects that do have a net positive benefit uh, for the, the greater community. So yeah, that's, I, I hope that answered your question. Of course, of course, of course. I mean, one of the things um, as, as humans, I believe, is when we do something that we love, I mean, it helps you to connect and of course to show more impact. And since you're doing something that you love, there is there is still a long line and long chain of people that you are going to be impacting and um, i think the the voices of blockchain is just one way that you're already showcasing that and um, i really want to appreciate you for constant awareness i mean there's something about awareness there's something about creating awareness in everything that we do especially in this um, blockchain technology industry it's really important that we create awareness about all of this so people can see the various ways that they can benefit and add and create value so thank you very much for that yes i truly appreciate your answer to that question but there is something that i i have been thinking about okay probably not to me you know I think it's it's more like a controversy about uh, blockchain technology leading to an increase in unemployment. 
So uh, I can't really say for sure that that is totally true. Okay, I am not saying I'm supporting that or I'm opposing that. So I think that's the reason why we have you on the show. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot right now to to answer that. So you're either going to tell me that you are supporting this notion or you are opposing it totally. So are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, th- there's the the premise that any type of digitization can take out the human element, and there's there's a fundamental reality in that. As efficiencies increase, um, as we we have workflows that can be automated, there is a uh, a removal of jobs that were once repetitive actions done by humans. And as as we look at the types of innovation that are being done um, around blockchain technology, around AI, um, you know, we, we have this universal framework of things that can be interconnected and, you know, business process flow that can be uh, automated and just, yeah, the the human element is um, going to be engaging differently and some jobs just won't exist. So I, I don't say that it will remove the ability for people to do work, right? Just a specific job not existing doesn't mean that the humans that did those jobs in the past are no longer relevant, right? They they have skills that can be repurposed. They can learn new skills and continue to engage in the economy. And we, we have different types of tasks that I don't believe machines will ever be able to uh, to take over or, you know, supplant the the human element in so we we have we have a time frame of transition that we're looking at my my hope is that there'll be ways to earn money that allow people to activate the value proposition of technologies like blockchain for their benefit and possibly have more free time to be creative to to do the things they love to spend leisure time with the people that they enjoy and still have the assets that can support their livelihood. So the the transition, um, you know, any any transition, let's just say change is is hard. And the the only the only person I've ever seen that loves change is a baby with a dirty diaper, right? They <laughs> they love to get changed and Everyone else resists change with everything they have. And so that's what I I see this transition timeframe being one of change resistance and the need to raise awareness and facilitate adoption and inspire advocacy for the responsible implementation of these technologies is a really important role and task to have. And we, we need people globally to be having conversations like this, you know, bringing the concerns to the table so that as there are implementations of technology, there's, there's work being put into seeing 
where can the human element that might be being disrupted have a place to go and continue to be a value proposition to the global economy. And I, I see we're going to be having more of, of what I call global economies, where we have a, a local component that has a global connectivity. And the, the reality that we are all interconnected is so powerful that when when we get a hold of it and recognize it's not an us versus them, but we collectively are responsible, then then we start you know waking up to to new ways of, of doing things. I mean, I, I was on a call today that um, was it was a little heartbreaking to be honest. A, a gentleman named Cliff Pryor who's the chief executive officer at the um, Global Steering Group for Impact Investments, was talking about some of the conversations he'd recently had and, you know, where the impact zones were um, with climate change. And he was you know, talking about a gentleman in Ghana that he'd been speaking to who said that, um, you know, with the current progression, um, Ghana will have um, the south flooded out and turned to deserts in its north. Um, and this is, this is impactful, right? This is, and this isn't something that any specific technology is responsible for, but it is a responsibility that we collectively have, and we can use technology to help support positive change. And, you know, just some of the things with, you know, satellites monitoring the, the difference in temperatures over different parts of the world. Um, you know, having real data and awareness that can inspire people to do things differently, to change their behaviors, um, you know, focusing investment in areas that bring real outcomes that are good for the environment rather than just greenwashing what's already being done and pretending we're making a difference. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot to be done. And I know that that was a very long roundabout way to, to address your question. But we do have change coming for sure. The survivors of today's fast-changing agricultural environment are only those who can manage change. At RMG Ghana, we understand that changing for the better usually requires various intervention. As a company that believes in farmers' need to grow and become better, we are willing to stand shoulder to shoulder with them in their quest. Getting help from a partner that understands your need. It's not always easy, but at RMG Ghana, there is always a way. At RMG Ghana Limited, we have a variety of agricultural inputs, seeds, farming equipment, irrigation support systems, and services in our portfolio to suit every farmer. We also have finished products such as cotton, maize, and rice. We have a milling capacity of 3 mt per hour, 22 hours per day production of our copper jasmine rice brand. The cotton is refined by our jewelry and exported for sales. For inquiries about our products and services, visit our office on number 14 Naku Ipango, near Nayo Clinic, Airport Residential Area, or visit our website on www.rmgconcept.com or call us on 0249561552. At RMG Ghana, if it makes business sense, do it. RMG Ghana leads agriculture on sustainable business.
well, yes, though, <laughs> yes. I mean, I think it's. I think it would be nice if one, there is awareness, and then two, to let people know how best they can create value. Because I, I, I think that at the end of the day, the technology is not really taking you out of job or out of whatsoever business it is. It's, it's rather taking you to a different direction so that you can easily blend into it. And I'm, I'm trying to speak um, from the perspective of middlemen. You see that so many middlemen are involved in the where um, smallholder farmers, they make their productions and they they, they can't get their, pro- their products to the larger markets. So these middlemen, they actually come into the picture to to help take their, their products to the market. Yes, they take the products to the market and they get commission for it. And at this point, with blockchain coming, coming into the picture, they are sort of getting out of job. I think only those that are probably, if I could use the word, only those that are probably wise and can um, see the best way to create value will probably remain. Is it? Is it? Do, do you do you agree with this philosophy right now? Because I think if you're able to create value or give or give value, you're able to blend in everything. Just the way so many businesses are now operating online and not just offline. So they've taken the businesses away, not completely, but. Um, out of uh, the online sales, offline sales, sorry, and then to the online market because they are seeing that things are, businesses are going digital now. So I think we can still apply this of, um, this sense to the blockchain technology as well and also to the middlemen that are uh, in collaboration with smallholder farmers when it comes to um, so what do you think about that? You think that's that's a good approach, right? If you have right. value, yes, so go ahead. If if you have value in the chain, you're going to stay in the chain. And one of the things that I think there's such a value proposition in and that middlemen can benefit from is that there is verifiable digital identity, right? The people that they're interacting with on both sides can now have a more seamless verification. And that's that's gonna take fraud out of the picture um, in, in many cases. And middlemen sometimes get their profit in obfuscating where the the true value is, right? So they they tell the smallholder farmer, haha, you can't can't really get more than X for the, the product, and then they they go to the to the next, you know, in the chain and, and say, ah, you know, you 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 don't know what a good deal I'm giving you at, you know, and they they have a price that is significantly higher than than what they paid the farmer. Um, you know, that, in my opinion, should be coming out of the picture more and more. Right. This is this is something that, you know, OK, you're if you're a broker, you deserve to make a percent of the sale, whether it's 3%, 7%, but in some cases, the middleman has been taking 40 to 60% of 
of the of the profit off the table, and that's not fair to the farmers. Um, you know, it, it, and there's there's more value propositions that can occur that can also help the middleman. Like for instance. Um, most farmers are operating at just 40% of their potential capacity, right? Their, their access to, to information, if they have the, the information that they need and they can access the funding that they need, they can plan and harvest more effectively, gain access to the market more efficiently, and they're actually producing more that can then be brokered by the middleman. Right. So it's like if, if you empower the farmer, you can actually create a greater stream of, of product to to get that percentage out of. So it's it's more positive to have a smaller percentage of a larger product stream than to be trying to, to dig out extra on something that's smaller because the, the farmer's being held down. Um, you know this this data this traceability um you know the the record keeping aspects of it there's so many benefits that can happen for everybody in the chain and you know i, I think it's just wonderful that the the people who do the most backbreaking aspect of the work can and should earn a more proportional share of the profits off of their produce. I, I think that's that's a fairer way to have business occur. And brokers will still have, have a job. They'll still be able to make money. Um, that This isn't gonna take that out of the equation, but there there is going to be more transparency and more accountability. And I, I think that's, and I look forward to, to seeing that be realized. You know, projects like AgriLedger, um, I, I consider Jean Vienne, um, who is the, the CEO of that company, uh, a personal friend, and she's done tremendous work that has put a massively higher percentage of profit into the farmer's pocket. Um, and, and that's that's what I think needs to, to continue to occur as, as adoption spreads. Great, I agree with you. Uh, Genevieve is actually doing super, super amazing things. I've been able to um, come in contact with her and see the work that she's doing in the blockchain um, technology. The blockchain technology is really amazing. Um, at the end of the day, what, what we should really do is why we are creating awareness about blockchain technology and why you should adopt it. It's also good to um, let them know the kind of the ways they can actually benefit from it um, the ways they can um, still get profit out of it because I, 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 I think I'm really very partial right now my mind is always about the agricultural sector and ways that those that are involved would always get benefits out of it so I would really like that whenever uh um, you got some sort of training going on we should also still try to put out information on how they can create value using the blockchain technology and not just um, letting them know that there is actually a way for them to make something for themselves or there is a way for them to
um, create value because most of them may not know how to go about it, how to blend into the whole structure. So I think this is just uh, this is just a suggestion actually. Um, I'm, I'm not so much into the blockchain technology. Just putting out my honest opinion about it, I think it's really going to be amazing to um, show them the way how to create value. And those that are smart enough to adopt it would actually um, benefit from it greatly. I don't know what do you think about it. Absolutely, knowledge knowledge is power, and um, you know, educating yourself. Uh, can be done, you know, with a lot of already available resources. And there's there's blockchains that have been really um, kind of pushing into the the pain points of the, the agriculture industry. Um, one that comes to mind right now is uh, called Algorand. And there's a number of, of projects that are using that blockchain it has, you know, great throughput. Uh, it's super efficient. Not a lot of, en well, they they're saying that there's a, uh, a net zero energy consumption. Um, it, it's a uh, it's it's a opportunity for people to connect with already existing projects. Um, it's a opportunity for anybody anywhere in the supply chain that has access to the internet really to to find out you know what what currently exists and then you know as an entrepreneur you say where are the pain points and what do i have as a skill set that could help me solve for someone else's pain point and that's how businesses are born that's that's how jobs get done differently it's uh an opportunity and it has to start with with learning education for sure and we've done multiple events um, you know where we focused on agriculture and supply chains and um, you know had those learning and connectivity opportunities there's there's amazing people that are willing to share their experiences give connections to you know to sandboxes to be able to actually um, you know, get your your hands, so to speak, into the the, the blockchain technology. Um, so many opportunities exist. Uh, it's just a question of can you overcome your fear of the unknown if you haven't really engaged with technology like blockchain tech before, and and educate yourself. Um, it, it really is fear of the unknown that holds people back. And, you know, we've, we've had fear of missing out that's actually spurred people into engagement. Um, sometimes, you know, making purchases and, and getting into cryptocurrencies just because of a, of a hype cycle. But the, the fear of the known, which is if you don't raise your own awareness, if you don't figure out how you can facilitate the adoption of these technologies into your space that there's there's going to be kind of a, a left behind that happens where where people who aren't upskilling reskilling getting themselves in a better place to engage with the technology they're they're going to feel irrelevant and that fear the fear of the the known which is change is happening the transition is going to occur and it's your choice 
what do, what do you do today to help put you in a better situation tomorrow? And I, I know there's, there's many, many, many sectors that this relates to, not just agriculture. Um, you know, financial services uh, professionals have really been, um, you know, put on notice that they're going to have to get comfortable with blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies and understanding, you know, this new way of transacting and, and you know, transferring value. So, yeah, this is uh, this is a time to to make education key. I agree with you very much. This is really the time to make education key. We should really do that. But thank you very much for sharing your thoughts. Thank you very much for giving this um, on point insight. <laughs> thank you very much once again. I really do appreciate your time and your knowledge about the blockchain technology um, so we have actually come to the end of this podcast show thank you very much once again Linda, for joining me today i know i dragged you out of your busy schedule this is like 10 uh it's possible like 10 a.m your time <laughs> yes yeah and no, this absolutely is more like the start of your day it, it is, and it was a, a wonderful start to my day. So thank you for the opportunity to, to share insights and connect with your community and uh, look forward to, to more chats in the future and connecting. LinkedIn is a great place to connect with me. So I, I look forward to, to having your audience reach out and um, always happy to look at the, the better together model and continue raising awareness, facilitating adoption and inspiring advocacy. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. And of course, there's going to be a next time. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So guys, we have come to the end of today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And I hope that you take into consideration and into deep thought what Linda has just said about the blockchain technology, how well you create value for yourself and really adopting this technology. There's so much in store for you. All you have to do is take your glasses and look deep into it. (laughs) Really, there's so much for everybody. You just have to see how to leverage just know how to, to, to get it right by the horn. Thank you very much, guys. I am still your host, Sharon Itahosa. Do have a lovely week. Bye-bye. Ciao.